All right, welcome back to Sit Down For Real, your favorite podcast about movies. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, excellent movie. If you haven't seen it, uh, definitely recommend you check it out. Uh, check it out before you start listening to this. We don't want to spoil anything for you. Um, and today, uh, I'm your host, Dylan, and we have with me uh, Kevin, Kyrie, Levi and Kyron joining in on his first podcast. Um, I don't think he's going to say too much, but he's he's here, and uh, we get to watch a cute video of him as uh, he's with Kyrie today. So, <laughs> yes, yes. But yeah, into the Spider Verse. Just before we spoil too much, initial thoughts on you know you watched it. What'd you think? Should people go watch this right now? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Immediately. Immediately. For me, in the animation department, mm-hmm. for sure. Definitely. And outside of animation, too. But yeah. I'm going to say, close out of whatever you're watching this, listen to this podcast on. Go watch the movie this instant. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. Kyrie already touched on the animation. I'm a nerd for animation, so I'll get into that later. But just animation, writing, all of it, it's incredible. Go watch it. Yeah, I think I saw it for the very first time probably two years ago and just a couple days. Because I think I saw it January 2019. Um, and even admitting that I'm ahead of on movies than most people, um, it's been two years, you're behind, you should catch up and watch it. Um, Kyle, this is specifically at you. Um, <laughs> go watch the Kyle movie. Still has not watched he it. has still not watched it. Nope. Uh, Alright, Kyle, we are calling you out. This is, one, making sure you go watch Spider-Verse, and two, making sure you listen to the podcast. I now will know. Um, <laughs> so, from everyone here, I'm pretty sure I heard Kyron say go watch it too, so... Yes. Take a pause, sure. go watch it. And come join us back. Last warning, spoilers will be ahead. Yeah, spoilers got about a year window on them. A year. I'm going to say, I, I will always start <laughs> off most of our movie reviews like, hey, watch out for spoilers. It, it's a really good movie. Go watch it. Um, but let's all be honest. Anything we're talking about, you better have watched before you come listen to the podcast. Just my opinion. For sure. All right. So with that, let's go ahead. Let's let's dive into it. Um, so, into the Spider Verse, we all agree it's excellent. But what kind of puts it over the top for each of us? Like, what different aspects really call out to you and say, like, this is why I loved this movie. This is why I think it's you know, what it's something that we need to go watch. What what kind of pu- puts it out there for you? I would say it stayed true to what it was trying to do without being so, you know, like a lot of movies try to do like these progressive movies, and but it's like, no, it fails. Mm-hmm. It's not like, it was like really true to what it was. And like, like the set of like Harlem was live and active in this movie. Um, and like, I just loved Miles Morales, bro, as a character. And, I felt, I felt like this was like a a change of point for like just like animation and storytelling. Um, it made me actually 
like Spider-Man, because I wasn't really a huge Spider-Man fan, you know, growing mm-hmm. up, like, I I was, like, not into Spider-Man that much, but this made me, like, dive into, like, all the other Spider-Mans, you know what I'm saying? So, I think it was just a, it was an honest movie, a good movie, the environment was great, animation was great, storytelling was great, and, yeah, that's what I got right now to start off, I know more <laughs> Uh, for me, the artistry of the movie, the visuals, all are absolutely incredible. One of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, but something that I think stands out to me a lot um, would be the writing of the movie, the dialogue. Yes. Uh, as much as I personally don't always like Sony and the, their, their uh, team of movie creators, I loved that they were able to kind of poke back at the old um, live-action Spider-Mans and kind of laugh, because there were all the, like, all right, this is the first and last time we're doing this. I'm Peter Parker. And then they go, this is the second and the last time we're doing this. They they knew that they had redone Spider-Man enough that that was going to be a funny joke for a decent majority of the people watching it. Um and then the music also was just absolutely incredible. The yeah. soundtrack, mm-hmm. um, both like the Fire. the pop mu- the pop music side of things, the hip hop side of the music, and then just the original score that was behind it all too. Both worked incredibly well together. Yeah, I think um, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller have a very very good grasp on storytelling. Um, <clears throat> Lego Movie, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, like, especially animation, but um, they equally can make it interesting to kids and adults. Like, you know that they're kids' movies at the end of the day, but we're all laughing at it as 20-somethings, and our parents would be, and kids watching it would be. um, And I think that they have... um, like you mentioned a little bit with the um, the self-awareness of it, like they've captured something that um, is already getting imitators. Like the next Spider-Man movie is most likely going to be a Spider-Verse type of thing. DC mm-hmm. movies have already talked about it. They're going to do like a Batman version of this thing. Like um, to be that ahead of the curve and to be this um, like universally successful um, with an IP that's been so like, almost overdone, um, shows how good they are at what they do and making really good, meaningful, believable stories, um, and just making really good movies. Yeah, I'm gonna say, I, I agree, like, with Kevin, my favorite part, like, what draws me to this movie is the storytelling and, like, the active story that, like, is always being told, but then even, like, how... Um, like Levi was kind of talking about like the like awareness of like how many times Spider-Man has been done and like let's kind of pull on this let's pull on this and like let's let's be aware enough to actually go out and actually um, like recognize the other things for what they were but not retell that same story Um, because it was an entirely different origin story for a Spider-Man compared to what we had seen like everything else had been you know the same retelling of spider-man retelling of spider-man retelling of spider-man and then 
uh, we get the Miles Morales version of Spider-Man. And, like, it just looks so different from any other origin story of Spider-Man that we had seen. I think that was probably my, like, my favorite part is going through a new story that was telling the same character. Yeah, I think that the... I think awareness is probably the word that we could use the most and the word that means the most. Um, and another big piece of that is the awareness of the culture around it. Um, second time, really, that um, we'd seen a black superhero on screen in that fashion, first being Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, so they both came out in the same year, but this one was much later. Um, but they, it felt like they really did their work to make that an authentic experience um, for an, um, like this Afro-Latino kid who becomes a superhero. Um, like they, it just felt like they had the right people in the room. And I think that that's really, really valuable and it goes that much farther than, and I think you were talking about a little bit earlier, Kyrie, when you get those inauthentic yeah. portrayals. I'm going to say, like, with that being in mind, like, the cultural impact that this has had being, like, the second big film featuring, you know, a person of color as, like, the superhero, like, how how big of an impact does that have? This is specifically for you, Kyrie, just, I, that's something I feel like I can't speak on, but, like, how big of an impact does that have, like, on you and specifically, like, now, knowing that you've got Kyron too, like, what what sort of impact does that have on you, and what sort of impact will you think that have on him? It was dope, like, it's funny you say, like, Kyron, because it's like, this is, like, something I can't wait to show him, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, he gonna be like, you know, he gonna, he gonna see that image, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? He gonna see that image, right? <laughs> and, and, um, it's gonna be fun just to, you know, uh, experience that because it's like it's it means a lot like people may think it don't mean a lot like first seeing Black Panther like when I first saw that I had like chills watching that shit because it's like it's really just like I don't know you can't you and when it's done right it's just it's even better because it's like you know it's not just done for no reason you know it's done with a purpose and it's meant to last and I think that's the thing that like, Spider-Verse did. It's like a timeless movie. And like, I know like 10 years from now, I could throw that on and be like, yeah, like, and still like thoroughly enjoy it. And the representation in it uh, is the main thing for me for that. Cause it's like, bro, this is something that everyone loves. Everyone loves Spider-Man. So to put that face in a Spider-Man movie is like, it's crazy. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that's, like, I it, for me, it's something that, like, I look at and I watch and go, oh, that's neat. Like, I'm glad that they're doing that. But, like, I can't imagine, like, being on the other side of that and that being, like, me always having known, like, oh, you know, that's a superhero and they look like me. Like, I can't imagine not knowing that. And so I'm always happy to hear whenever, like, something like this is coming out. I always love hearing about the, like, oh, yeah, like, this is important, and, like, I'm really happy I'm seeing myself represented that way. Yeah. I think another big thing to look at it, too, is when, and in both the examples we referenced, um, 
when it's that successful, um, then that wakes up the money involved and that wakes up the people who have kept this kind of out of the mainstream and out of the, um, the cinematic environment. And it shows them that this is, um, not only necessary from a cultural standpoint, but, um, also is going to define that in a way that they better start putting money into it. Um, mm-hmm. which I think is huge because that's how you get, that's how we're getting Spider-Verse 2 next year. That's how we're going to get, that's how we got a Miles Morales video game. That's how, um, you're getting Black Panther 2 in a year or two and, um, all these other things. And I think Eternals has a more diverse cast and I know Captain Marvel 2 is going to have, um, a black woman director and Chloe Zhao is doing, um, Eternals, but basically just seeing that success wakes up the kind of the last domino to fall more or less and that um, it shows them that we need this content and that it's going to, um, that this is what's good. Yeah. And I think another like really important thing in terms of like the culture surrounding this is um, the Spider-Gwen character as well was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I remember her character blowing up, like, before I had seen the movie, like, I had seen, like, all these, uh, like, action figures and Funko Pops for Spider-Gwen, and I was like, oh, like, that's just a really cool Spider-Man costume, and I went, oh, Spider-Woman costume, and, like, I was like, mm-hmm. this is incredible, like, I love seeing that, um, and, like, just seeing just the diversity around all of it as it's continued to like pursue that I love seeing it um, and even just like the quirkiness too of like seeing like uh, spider pig and <laughs> like Peter Porker Peter Porker yeah. it just <laughs> all of it was so good and like it was done in such a way that was like elegant and yet still funny enough that it was enjoyable wasn't in your face about anything and it just allowed the story to be told it's very genuine Yes. Like, that's what, that sweet spot of comedy where it's not parodying itself, it's not making fun of itself for, like, too, too much or making fun of you, like, it's that balance. Mm-hmm. And obviously... Um, other than all those good things, um, I'll cue Levi in, in that it's one of the most beautifully animated films I've ever seen. Oh, absolutely. Um, so... Something that makes it so beautiful. Um, there were 177 animators as a part of this movie. Wow. And typical animations usually have about half that for a feature film. Um, I know I was reading some article. It said it took them a week of work to get approximately one second of film time. <sighs> and normally a week of work in other what? movies you can get about four seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one second for an entire week of worth wow so like shout out to all the animators out there mm-hmm. because you're working for a week for even four seconds is a very minimal t- amount of time in a movie but there were so many artists and even behind the scenes people because it's not even just the artists who are drawing there's so much more that goes into it mm-hmm um, it definitely feels more of like a passion project than just another movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they made sure that any time you pause the movie, no matter what situation it is, it looks as if it was pulled out of a comic book. Mm-hmm. 
That was the other <clears throat> thing too that fascinated love- me. Like just seeing like the style of animation it did. It wasn't just like, oh, like it was well done. It was done to look like a comic book the entire time. I'm going to say, I know the director uh, instructed them, don't make it, because a lot of animation now is trying to get it to look more real. Right. Getting it as close as lifelike to possible, or the very opposite direction, it's very cartoon-like. And they were told, don't make it look real, don't make it look like a cartoon. This has to, it's something that is going to be all its own. And they really, they did that very successfully. Yeah, that's what jumped out to me, too. Like, just the comic book style of it. That's kind of grab my whole face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think... Yeah. It, oh, go ahead. Not good, good. I think that that's something that's just good in films in general, is that level of attention to detail. Um, and I feel like it would be easier to think that that would be more difficult in a, um, in like a live action film, like when there's like, oh, there's that, like there's those words written on a wall, they must mean something, like the production designer and they all had to collaborate and stuff, but half the time that was unintentional anyway, in animation it absolutely has to be intentional. (laughs) Every little thing they did has to go through that process, um, Mm -hmm. And I think that that, it speaks to that craft as a whole um, and being able to um, just exist as it does. Um, I mean, I'm thinking of just stories that I know of directors that are trying to push for a a certain shot um, or a certain scene um, in animation. You have to do that to the point where you have to make sure it works, get a hundred some people to draw it. And if that doesn't work, then I guess you, you just have to do it again. Like, see, Kyron gets it. He knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, it's crazy. Like like he just said, it is, um, you have to know what you're doing. You can't mess up and fall into something in animation, um, which speaks more to the strengths of the people who made it. Yeah, just the intentionality that everything has to be done with. And that, like, you see that on the visual front in terms of, like, everything that they do, it has to be hand, like, manually put in. It's not something that, like, oh, yeah, we just had, like, we used this city wall and it happened to have these words on it and, you know, it didn't really mean anything whenever we were filming. Like, everything they put in is very intentional. And, like, you see that detail come through and um, everything that they worked on visually and even, like, the audio work, too. Like, especially with animations, like, there's no raw sound. There's no, like, we went and filmed in a city and, like, that's just the city ambiance. Like, they had to piece all that together. Mm -hmm. And, like... I remember my first time watching it, like, I was stunned by all the animation, and then I went back and rewatched it and was like, hang on, I'm going to listen this time. <laughs> like, that being the thing I do the most, I'm going to listen. And, like, everything they put in there, like, it sounds so organic. Like, you don't realize, like, if you were to, like, close your eyes, you wouldn't realize that you were watching an animated film. Like, it's so organic, it's so natural, and it just, the feel of the audio is so smooth, and... That's even before you tie in like the soundtrack and the mm-hmm. um, all of like all the music that they used. Like, it just it feels like it all fits, and the attention to detail there was incredible. Um, just from like my perspective, and like I just I loved I love watching it and I love listening to it. Speaking of, you were saying how it all feels so natural. 
gonna jump back to the animation really quick. Um, there is one thing that is not natural in the film. Uh, they actually used artificial intelligence and machine learning to draw. You know how Miles, he had like the nose lines that were very pronounced and mm -hmm. some of his other facial features were um, given more definition with like the solid black lines like they do on comics. Um, that was actually all done by AI. Um, so they would just have to go through and adjust here and there. Oh, it didn't get it quite right to teach it what it was shooting for, and then they let it do all of the facial, like, hard lines wow. in the movie. Mm. That's crazy. Damn. <laughs> Computers are going to take over the world. <laughs> you know, I hope there's a little bit of a gap between those two things, but... <laughs> it's cool that, that, that they're in a space that they can do that, and they can take advantage of that. Yeah. I'm sure that saves so much time, too, like... Absolutely. Being able to animate, like, get all of, like, the drawings close and then put it through a computer and say, finish it. Yeah. Be nice. <laughs> um, what were your guys' favorite scenes or favorite part from the movie? Since we've talked about kind of the existence of it, but not really the specifics. I... Go ahead. I've got to say, we're hitting spoilers right now. Hard stop. Spoilers. Um, whenever they're in the forest running away from Doc Ock mm -hmm. with the computer, um, just for how real it all feels. Also, um, they, and they did something really interesting there. Um, I don't know how well you guys picked up on it, but like whenever they first start the chase scene, Peter B. Parker and Miles Morales seem like they are on very different, like, levels and it's very pronounced it feels like they're not in sync at all um that's because they physically were not in sync so they changed up the animation a lot during the movie but one of the things that they did was in that scene they animated miles on twos which means he had two frames where he his animation was set um so they just had to animate every two frames for him but then peter was on ones so he was changing every frame and eventually, whenever they're swinging through and, like, they've got their swinging and Peter's instructing, all right, thwip, let go, thwip, let go, mm -hmm. they slowly um, stepped Miles up into ones where they, they became completely synced up near the end of it when Spider-Gwen comes into frame. And it's... I don't think... I don't understand how they came up with that concept of, <laughs> oh, we're just going to have these two animated completely differently. Mm -hmm. It was incredible. It's one of my favorite scenes in the movie for that reason. Okay, everyone agrees. I would say my favorite part, like my favorite scene is probably whenever... Um, Miles and his uncle kind of have that realization of who each other are. Like, mm -hmm. that entire, like, build up to that scene and then the, wait, you're who I think you are? You're who I, like, mm -hmm. we, oh. And, like, just that realization and, like, seeing that in, like, I, I was about to say, like, seeing it in the characters' eyes and in their faces, but, like, in the animation and how they did it and put that, like, realization on their faces at about the same time where they went, oh, um, and then even right after that, as, like, his father um, steps into the picture and sees 
like as that continues to play out and just like that section would probably be my favorite like just watching that unfold and um seeing how it plays out Kyrie what do you got I like both of those scenes a lot. <laughs> All right, I would say I really like the scene with his uncle, but if it's not that, would it probably be when he became Spider-Man? Like when they're like, down in the basement when he's doing the art, or well, no, when he's like on top of the building, like the leap when of faith, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, like and he jumps off the building, and, and like that shot was crazy. Shout out to TJ because he did something. He did, him. yeah, yeah. yeah. And that guy on his uh, pictures. Uh, TJ with the shots check him out mm-hmm. um, but yeah that scene was dope I just like that scene a lot just how this, the the animation the cinematography all that mm-hmm. it's crazy him just going through the city and and the J's the, he got the Jordans on right it's like it's like bro this is this is crazy like this movie is like wow like, I love that scene a lot <laughs> In that scene, aren't they playing um, What's Up Danger, mm-hmm. the song? Um, so they actually have the song, and then there's like the Spider-Man theme that they use a lot throughout the movie. They actually incorporate that behind the song and mix mm-hmm. What's Up Danger and the Spider-Man theme of the, the score together to, get, to make that scene even more impactful. Because it makes him... It shows that he is Spider-Man, but he's also himself. And, uh, that's just one of the things that they did with the sound that I find incredible. Yeah, I know that in the script for that scene, then you know there's all these rules about how you're supposed to write a script and how, like, you're not supposed to say how the camera moves, you're not supposed to do all that, you're supposed to leave that up to the, leave that up to the director and everything like that. Um, in the script, they wrote that, um, he was falling, but the camera was flipped upside down so it looked like he was rising into the city. And... That's exactly what it looked like, and you mm-hmm. have to put that what? in there because that is the coolest shot in the coolest thing. Like, yeah, yeah. They just more evidence. They knew exactly what they were doing with that, and they fully knocked it out of the park. Um, I'm gonna I, say, Kevin, what's what's your favorite scene? You make us go through it. What what about you? Well, partially, I wanted to hear what Kyrie was gonna say because that one's mine. Um, <laughs> and if no one said that, I was probably gonna judge all of you a little bit. But um, I think probably, if not that one, it would be um, when he goes with his uncle down into the um, the subway and puts his art on the wall. Because um, I feel like that was just a... It was a, a version of Miles' identity that he wasn't really able to, um, to foster and let grow. And his uncle saw that... And in spite of the potential, like, um, dangers of going down there, legality or whatever, because his um, dad was a cop and obviously would not let him do that, um, he kind of um, encouraged that, or his uncle encouraged that artwork and, um, like, was that um, figure to him. And I feel like that that was just a... Maybe not in that exact way, but everyone who's a creative has that kind of person. And clearly the people who made this film had that kind of person who told them, I get exactly what you're trying to do. 
-hmm. go make this, go Mm -hmm. draw this, like, this is good, like, you should be doing this. Um, And it felt like, it felt like, one, a good thing just to show that more complex relationship with the people in his life and give him more of that characterization, but two, just an ode to people who support creatives and to um, give them the encouragement that they desperately need because your creative friends need encouragement. They're, they're struggling most of the time, we, for sure. We need your <laughs> encouragement. Yeah, I definitely agree. I love I love that scene, and it, with it being set up so early on in the film and it being that, like, call out to, like, hey, like, I, I've got your back. Like, because... Throughout the rest of the film, like, it feels like Miles knows who he is when he was doing, like, that spray paint mural. But then the rest of, like, the film up until the jump off the building, it feels like he's trying to find who he is and has to battle with who he is and who he's supposed to be. And, um, like, even with Levi bringing in the score, like, you hear the Spider-Man theme along with the song kind of creating that, like, he is Spider-Man and, like, he is accepting who, who he's going to be, but he's going to do it his way. Like, seeing that battle play out through the entire movie, um, I think is kind of what makes the story so believable. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, we see it in every Spider-Man just about, like, that battle between, like, is this who I want to be? Is this who I'm going to be? Like, especially with the Tom Holland version um, like the entire, uh, far from home is like that battle of like, am I actually going to do this? Am I not? But I just feel like nothing I've seen kind has come close to the idea of the story of Miles Morales doing that. Like, it just seems like every other version of that, like, am I going to accept who I'm going to be kind of falls short. And I think a lot of it has to do with how, like, how he does it in his own way, like, and how they portray that happening. So what are your guys' thoughts on, like, what makes this story so believable? And what kind of draws us with this story as well? Like, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah? (laughs) I tend to ramble sometimes, so I don't know, but... I think part Uh... of it... Um, I would say it's definitely like a, I don't know, like, like we kind of touched on it already, but like, just, you could tell, like, they, they took their time to make it, you know, be genuine with it, and like, I think that's just what it boiled down to for me, like, I could just, like, I think, I think when you make a hero, um, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Like, like it's like Luke Skywalker, right? Like, we talking about stuff. Like, you make the hero, like, that reluctant hero, but you make them feel like that. You make the audience feel like that's, that you can be that person. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When you make it, when you make it to where it's like, he's just a regular kid and defying the odds, that's what makes it relate. You know what I mean? It's like, he becomes a relatable character. So I think that's what they did well with Miles Morales and, and what kind of separates it for me because I was never invested so much into like the other Spider-Man characters like they were cool movies good movies but like this one I was like invested into it 
to the point where it was like, like, yeah, I actually enjoyed, you know, Spider-Man, like, this this version of Spider-Man, because it's like, they really took their time to, with the character, with the characterization, and just the, the relatable, the relatable, made it relatable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, I think that that was, like, the anyone can wear the mask theme. Um, yeah. And I think that 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 makes it believable in the relatability. Like, you want to believe that a hero can come from anywhere. You want to believe that, like, um, even though superpowers aren't real and there's not a real Spider-Man, like, you can go and be the person who will go and make good in the world. Like, Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's... And that's something that sticks out in superhero movies, but especially in this one with the... um, all the times they've referenced that, that anyone can wear the mask. Um, that's what really, I think that's what ties you so close to it. And that makes you, that's what makes you feel, makes you feel like you're a part of it. I, I think that it was just how real it was. Cause in the beginning, whenever he first like started getting the powers, whenever he first meets the, the original Peter of his universe and He's like, this is something I'm interested in. Like, I want to I wanna grow. I want to help you. And then the hero is just kind of... Peter being the hero in this case is just kind of gone mm-hmm. for him. He doesn't have the person to, like, show him how exactly to do it. So whenever he finds the new Peter, he wants... He still wants to be that person. He wants to be the hero. But he doesn't know how to. He doesn't know... How to use his powers? He's not in control of anything, and then um, in a lot of other superhero movies, it's like take uh, the Tom Holland Far From Home. It's a very you have to help us do this. There is no one else. Mm-hmm. It's it's always a very by yourself. If you don't do it, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to happen. Everything's going to end. In this. They had the, what, six other spider people? Mm-hmm. So it was a personal thing for Miles. He wanted to get it done. It wasn't a somebody was dragging him to do it. He wanted to be able to be there and be helpful and be a part of it rather than him feeling obligated, like, I have to get this done because if not, it, everything's over. Mm-hmm. I think that was a big part of it. Yeah. I'm going to say I I think I agree with pretty well what everyone's been saying like it's that like personality like that personal drive of like I want to do this along with like how relatable they made him and how they made that organic and like intentionally went out of their way to go yes this is the story we want to tell and we want it to be his not ours forced on him and like a, just a great a great film like not just an animated film not just a good kids like a great film like should be considered in the some of our top list mm-hmm. um, if not in our top 10 at least falling within that like top 15 range where we kind of rotate those films out and sometimes it'll show up sometimes it won't yeah I mean that and that's we could go on a little Levi and I especially could go on a little side spin of um, like recognizing animation as a valid art form in film. And that's a little bit more of in, like, 
older, more antiquated. Oh, seemingly it's getting more antiquated of a viewpoint, but um, yeah, they're not just kids' movies. They're not just mm-hmm. uh, like for little little things and little areas in their own. They can be really expansive and really, really talented um, and really good. Yeah. So, what else we got? Final thoughts, conclusions, anything we want to talk another ten minutes on? Like, I'm down for anything, but just, like, anything important that we missed. So, there is the two coming out. That's true. There is. Yes. Kind of left us with a cliffhanger a little bit. What are your predictions for it? Predictions? Yeah. Think they go going a different direction? I don't know. And I'm going to cop out and I'm going to answer first so you guys can't steal this one. You guys have to actually come up with something. Um, I'm going to say that the first one caught me so much by surprise that I'm not even going to try to guess what the heck they're going to do with the second one. Um, I just know that it's going to be awesome and it's going to follow the same feeling of story. Um, And I think that it's hard to make that good of an opener and not follow up with such with a even equally as good follow-up, so. Mm-hmm. I'm not wondering if Miles isn't going to get pulled through to one of the other Spider-People's worlds. Interesting. Because, like, at the end, they had him laying in bed on his phone, I think it was, and then his face gets illuminated by the same color that we saw the portal whenever, like, all the other Spider-People were going back. And, because, not that I'm sure, I'm sure that not everything in Miles's world is all well and perfect and right but they kind of seem to have dealt with the big bad they've got the the particle accelerator shut down fisk was dealt with like there doesn't feel like there's too much to go back to so i feel like maybe he'll get dragged into probably spider gwen's world mm-hmm. um also speaking of her i really appreciated at the end they didn't make the awkward forced kiss thing between oh, the two yeah, of yeah. them yeah. it was a very genuine see you later kind of friendship thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like we might go to go to her universe and expand on their their friendship there. I'm honestly I'm with Kevin. I also try not to make predictions about movies because I feel like if I make a prediction about it and it doesn't turn out that way, I just get butt hurt. So <laughs> <laughs> I tend to just like I'm just gonna let it be and like watch it and just enjoy it. Yeah, same. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just know it's going to be... I think they're going to take it pretty... It's going to get a little darker, maybe, but... I can see that. Yeah. Uh, I think... I, I'm excited to see, like, the like their pair or their trio, you know, to go to, like, just do some dope stuff, but yeah, I can't really predict. I was just asking no. you guys. <laughs> I'll be interested if they stay in this his universe... Um, how they further develop his relationship with his dad. Does his dad find out that he's Spider-Man? And I know that's something that's been done a little bit. um, But obviously they've done a really good job of taking advantage of what's been done already and kind of making it its own thing. Yeah. Even if it's borderline parodying the stuff. Even if it's talking about Spider-Man popsicles. Like, they're... (laughs) I think that they're too aware of what where they've come from as in that story in particular and who they are in that story to completely drop the ball on that stuff. So 
hopefully we'll see. Hope I would love to see them make fun of how all the other universes are becoming multiverses now and all that. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. I personally don't care what happens. Um, as long as they bring back the same creative team, really. Yeah. Yeah. Don't fix what ain't broke. Don't fix like what ain't broke. You have to bring that same group back. Like, bring back every single animator. Every animator. All bring back all of the creative, all the boardroom writers. Pay them more this time. Pay bring them yeah. all back. Like, I feel like at this point you have to. It was too successful not Especially to. with what they did. Yeah. And then I have one more thing before we go. And it's kind of similar to, like, what do you think is going to happen? But, like, what what's next? Like, Kevin kind of touched on it a little bit um, a couple of times. Like... Spider-Verse kind of created this thing where everyone wants to do the multiverse theory now and kind of create this, but what what else is next out there? Like, what else do you think we're going to start seeing because Spider-Verse existed? Um, and not even just in relation to, like, just the multiverse idea, but even in terms of, like, seeing more uh, animations about uh, people of color and uh, superheroes, like, We've already got, like, Soul, which is, I would say, you could directly tie towards, you know, seeing Spider-Verse being a person of color and lead in that animation realm. But, like, what else is next? I think you just said it, but I think it's going to be a lot more um, animated adaptations from, you know, these popular superhero movies. Like, I would love to see, like, a... a um, like a Justice League animation movie that like kind of like does its own thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I don't know, cause I feel like Justice League could be a lot better, and I think that can be something that you know really like revitalizes it. Cause I love Justice League as a kid, and like I don't know, I just think you would see people doing more animated films that's that's game changing, you know what I mean? Like, and it's like going out on that limb and doing something different, you know, so that's just something I would love to see some DC animated that's done good. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely think we're going to see more superhero movies animated, especially in the vein of making it seem like a comic book. Mm. Um, something they did in this movie, they, so a lot of animated movies, like the camera that you're seeing the film through, like that, the four four corners, it's treated as like a real world camera. It's got the focus, it's got the the motion blurs, it's got all that. And they didn't do that in this film. They used uh, half tones where they shifted the color patterns off of each other in the dots to get right. things out of focus or in focus. And they did a lot more with, instead of the motion blurring together, there were some frames where certain characters had multiple limbs because they were moving that fast, so they just... Mm -hmm to show that motion. I think we're going to get a lot more superheroes movies animated that style just to make it seem more comic book-like just because of how successful um, this movie was. Yeah. Real quick, give me a Black Jedi animated movie. Please. I mean, oh, please. Give me it. Dear all of the movie execs that are watching or listening to the podcast, please. Yeah, whoever's at Lucasfilm or Disney right now, who's, like, who's definitely listening to our podcast. I'm going to say, if you're at Lucas or Disney and not listening to us, you're doing something wrong. So, please check us out. But I didn't go that far. But, um. 
one day. <laughs> no, I think I could merge those two ideas pretty well, and I think and hope that this, um, either from Sony or from like Ghibli or Leica or Cartoon Saloon, like I hope that animation gets respected more. Um, kind of in the money that it brings in, but also in the art form that it, that, it, that it exists as. I still don't think even this one was nominated for Best Picture. Um, and I think that Spider-Verse is probably the closest we'll get besides a Ghibli film, like Spirited Away. Um, but also, I hope that they start putting the right people in um, these creative rooms and leading these creative rooms um, as these projects and these films become more diverse and more multicultural um, and they let those people tell those stories, you let um, these black stories exist as they are, Asian stories exist how they are and so on. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that the next, one of the next Pixar films, um, like Raya and the Last Dragon I think is yeah. like the first um, of that type of animated film. Um, then yeah, I mean I think that there's always going to be that balance of um, are they doing it as a checklist or are they doing it to really expand this? Um, I think if they put the right people in the room, then it's going to be expanding it and it's going to be... Um, you're going to see the quality of that um, in how um, art can be benefited from those... Um, even those conversations, but especially those people who are going to push it ahead. I think that Spider-Verse is a very... Um, progressive just in its style and in the um, the way that it was made it was very progressive um, in the industry um, and we don't get movies like that too often so hopefully people can piggyback off that stand on the um, shoulders of giants as it were and I'm gonna say I'm, I'm hoping for a push towards animation yeah so many things in this film that w could not have been done in live action mm -hmm. yeah so it's real. It's the real deal. People just need to get over themselves, yeah. like, with half of movie things anyway, so... <laughs> Alright, well, guys, I thank all of you guys for being on here tonight. Um, greatly appreciate you guys joining in. Uh, huge shout-out to BTB Films for being our support, our sponsor. Um, they're not paying me any money, but we're going to pretend like they are. You're paying us um, money. Um. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> but, yeah, thank you all for hopping in. Um, every like, comment, and share really helps us out. So um, really hope you guys uh, go ahead and like and share this podcast. Uh, definitely join us in the comments. Uh, if you have any questions or think we anything, left anything out, um, we'll talk in the comments. So thank you so much. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.